Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hands. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. Hey, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says this, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And I love that stir up one another to love and good works. We've got with us today, Bob Rorlock. He's the CEO, the president of the Greater Tampa Bay Chamber of Commerce. Bob, welcome back to I Work For Him. Thank you, Jim. Glad to be here. It's, you know, I think this is your third appearance, so that you're going to be almost like a regular. That's what it's <laughs> good. I, I love that. And when you talk about, you know, being a Christ follower, it's not necessary. I mean, a lot of people go, well, it's, yeah, I go to church, so I'm a Christ follower. No, no, no. When Christ has transformed your life, naturally good things start to flow from us. And really, being a part of the Chamber of Commerce, a lot of people say, well, you're not in ministry. You're like, no, no, no. I'm in ministry because I'm doing kingdom-minded things because kingdom-minded things are those things that build up good within our society, and that's what chambers are all about. Right, right. It, that is the big push. It's part of our mission statement, uh, building our community uh, by helping businesses grow and succeed. If a business is successful, they're going to employ people. If people are employed, they can take care of themselves, be a part of their supporting their kids' sports and activities that they're doing and putting food on their table creates the sense of community that we want to see. And that's the focus of what we do. You know, a lot of people think, oh, business only cares about making money. Well, people need an income if they're going to have a roof over their head. And it's being able to do that and take care of themselves. And then we encourage people 
today's new business is tomorrow's existing industry. Get involved in making this a better community and just keeping that circle and that chain going. And that's the focus we want to be at the chamber. Well, the good news is even from the first time I had you on the show, which was a couple of years ago, the good news is businesses are making money. And for those of you that are out there, sometimes there's people out there listening and going, well, we got to stop having businesses make so much money. Do you know that businesses who make money employ people? And those people that are employed have children and families and houses that they pay for. And those, by they, they help support those people. And by having a house, then you're paying for property taxes, which helps support other people. And we have to have businesses making money or we all end up living in a ditch somewhere down <laughs> or in a van down by the river. <laughs> The great news is the economy today, the business environment in Tampa Bay today, significantly better than it was right. two or three years ago. Yeah, employment is down to right about 5%. I don't know that I believe that. <laughs> well, that, that, that doesn't cover underemployment. Okay. But there's, right, well, I'll give you that. Then. There is income out there being made. It's good at 5 It's not where we all want it to be. At 5%. Well, it would be good at 5 if it was the same 5 as it was in 2007. Exactly. Kind of. That's right. Because wages... Are pretty stagnant, right. but there are jobs out there. But you get a lot of—I got a lot of my buddies that are working two jobs to make what they used to make with one job. That's right. Uh, but there are jobs out there, and there's less people losing their houses. But it, it, but it's—it is better. And what I love in your town, in your community, in Tampa, there's a lot of construction going on. There's a lot, a l- and, and there's a big, big need. For skilled tradesmen. And so, they, we got to drag them down from up north. It's a great time of year to start talking if, about sunshine. That's right. If anybody listening is, has uh, skilled, semi-skilled trades for construction, they need to come to this market. There's a huge need. The, the tremendous expansion going on at our international airport. The downtown. That's like a billion-dollar project, right, right? Right. The downtown expansion going on uh, with Jeff Vinnick, who owns the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. That's a billion-plus dollars. That's right. Those are huge. That doesn't take into consideration everything else that's going on from expansion up by the University of South Florida in the neighborhoods and housing that's going on, business growing. Just those two projects are desperately in need uh, for, for the workers who can come. So we encourage people to be here. Go online, look at those two businesses and see what's happening. Really, what we need to do is we need to get you on a nationwide campaign and say, listen, it's cold and snowy. And I know it's cold and snowy. My daughter for whatever reason, moved to Iowa, <laughs> and now she's in northern Minnesota today, and it's snowing. So those people up there who don't want to be in the snow, listen, we don't ever get snow in 1986. I know they said it snowed here in 1986. That was 30 years That's ago. Right. Come down here, there's jobs, and it's warm. Right. The problem is we got to fix the other part is it's still expensive, though. All right, we're talking today with the president and CEO of the Greater Tampa Bay Chamber of Commerce, Bob Rorlock. Bob, you've been the president, chamber, the CEO and president for how many years now? I'm in my seventh year. Seven years. Okay. So before we get back to all the really cool stuff that's going on in Tampa Bay and what Christ is doing, I want to know, how is Jesus Christ making a difference in your life today? A couple ways. First and foremost, I'm an absolute sinner saved by grace, and that knowledge really helps me deal with all the things I deal with, just knowing God's watching over me no matter what's going on. So that's one of the biggest things. At work, I try to live that with the people I work with and with the volunteers I deal with on a daily basis so they see that in me. And when I have the opportunities, I tell them about it and share my faith with them. Um, uh, and, And sometimes it's been referred to as, well, well, you know, Bob's just religious. And so, no, it's not religious. <laughs> and we explain it. Um, but I think right now, today, the best, I know God is watching over me. I just had a couple rough uh, 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 days and dealing with the situation for work. 
but I know he's got me in his grasp. Uh, I've got to deal with what's going on and just go through it, and that's okay. But knowing that he's walking with me and he's he's there is is giving me the the strength to to move on and to just deal with what needs to be dealt with and handle it the right way. Now you mentioned on the break that you're in that you're in BSF. How many years have you been in Bible Study Fellowship? Uh, this is my second year doing okay. BSF. So everybody, all my buddies that are in BSF, they're bragging about this year being the year you're talking about Revelation. Revelation, right. which is you know it's one of the most intense books in the Scripture. I mean, because it's got a lot of visual imagery that is subject to interpretation. Right. But the bottom line is the end of the book goes, hey, we win! <laughs> yeah, we win. Okay, but you gotta get, we got to get from here to there. Talk to me about, let's give them a free plug. Because BSF, when I meet a guy that's going to BSF, and there's, there's men's groups and there's women's groups, but there's not, they're not co-ed groups, right? right? That's right. When I meet a guy going to BSF, those are usually the most solid Christ followers that I meet. Because they're really digging in deep into the Scripture. And you can't dig in deep into the Scripture without having it impact your life. Right. So talk to me about what attracted you to BSF. Was it one of your friends drug you or what? Well, like uh, a lot of the guys that are in BSF will say they got involved with BSF because they have a great woman supporting them who told them they should go. It's their wife. <laughs> okay, so Sue was Sue's idea? My wife's done BSF for a while, and she kept telling me she should go. I said, yeah, okay. Uh, so I did last year, which so it was, was guilt. a study on Moses. It was a good husband. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, life with Moses was fantastic. And what I've learned, the people who write... Uh, uh, the lessons each week. It, it's some of the most clear, easy to grasp, deep writing I've read on anything about the Bible. And it, it just, you know, the cliche is it pours into you. It's it put on the, the life vest because you're going to get poured on big. And it just makes it so, I get this, this, you wrote this just for me. It's incredible. And then we have questions and then we have group discussion with the leader. And it, it just explains and you understand the history of the time, what, why this word means this and why they used it there, and you understand it to a deeper level. And I, I like studying the Bible, obviously, to, to learn more about God and get closer to God, but also the help me understand the history of the time and what's going on. And th- they do that. They incorporate that. Uh, with where we are uh, uh, in the study with Revelation, still early. People can still get involved. That's what I was going to ask you. Uh, people still get involved. Monday nights, uh, uh, our orientation night, uh, for newcomers, we, they're encouraged to come, and they can go online, Google, search for BSF. You well, can that's what I was going to say. Be, I never have looked it up. So BSF, if they just is it, do they Google Bible Study Fellowship or they Google BSF? I would Bible, I would Google Bible Study Fellowship just to make sure. Uh, I don't remember the web website name, but uh, uh, it's an easy drop down to search for uh, where groups meet near you. Uh, but the men come together. We're working through it. We've just gotten through Jesus uh, with his uh, uh, his. The letters to the seven churches? His honoring, yeah, honoring the churches and, and telling them what they need to improve upon. And each one, you just say, this is today. I know it was written a long time ago, but this is today. And it just it's just so applicable to what we are dealing with in the world today. And, you know, we're, we're about to get into uh, uh, some of the, uh, uh, the symbols and things that some people tend to recoil from. It's, we're not supposed to recoil. Uh, we're supposed to dig in and dive in. So it's it's a wonderful study, it's having a tremendous impact globally. Everyone around the world is studying the same thing at the same time in BSF. Uh, the website is bsfinternational.org. Thanks, Ace. There you go. bsfinternational.org. And I imagine you plug in a zip code, they'll show you one yep. n- gr- a group nearby. I know there's one in Tampa. Where do you? Is it downtown Tampa? I, I do it? the Monday night one. Um, uh, it's up on Himes Avenue, a little bit north of the stadium. I believe it's 
Grace Family Church, Grace Community Church. Sure, great. Well, Grace uh, Family Church, is, in, is it in Lutz? No, it's not that far. So not, not that, that one, because there's a Grace Family that's in Lutz. All right, and then I know the one, there's one in St. Petersburg, because all my buddies from Pinellas County there's are going to there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so folks from Spring Hill come down for ours. Uh, there are men. Uh, we have a remote that goes into Lakeland for a group there. I mean, it, it's really getting some good good coverage, and it, it's Again, just encourage everybody to jump in. All right. So if you are not involved in a great Bible study, and, and listen, this is a great way for, for gentlemen. It's a great way to surround yourself with like-minded men who desire a deeper relationship and walk with the Lord and for you to get some knowledge and it will improve. It'll improve every aspect of your life. Ladies for the same thing, being surrounded by women of like-minded faith. And it's also, I'm sure this is not the purpose, but you're going to meet other great business people. You're going to meet other great business women. You're going to meet great people from the community that you can network with and get encouraged with, get accountability from. Right. I mean, it's a body of Christ. It's, a, it, it's, it's part of the body of Christ. The, the, the feeding each other is incredible. The small group I'm in, I just sit back and watch them in awe because their answers to the questions are just so good. And then, you know, jumping in and being a part of it, but it, it's well worth the time to be a part of it, uh, meet once a week. Uh, I just encourage everybody to, to give it a shot. Is your wife happy? She's that, very happy. That you're involved. Uh, okay. She's very happy. And her group meets also at the same time Monday night. So it doesn't take time church. away from you then. That's right. So we're both there together. She leads a small group. I lead a small group. And All right. So Martha, if you're listening, together. maybe next year we can set our sights for next year. We can both do this. That would be a good idea. It's never going to happen this year. It'd be we, great. All right. We can do that next year. <laughs> All right, so that's really cool. Now, talk to me about, you've been married to Sue for how many years? Is it we're almost, in our 25th year. I'll say 25 years. And, and, and we had Sue on the show last time you were on the show with me. Talk to me about one of the secrets to keeping your marriage a success for 25 years. Um, listening to her, uh, <laughs> seeking her counsel. Uh, you know, you and I had a conversation earlier today, and, and you recommended that. And I thought, of course, I'd do that. Uh, and, and I did. And we had a great conversation. It, it amazes me how we can be looking at the same thing, but we'll have a different perspective to it. And, and her perspective just adds to the value of what I'm either trying to decide or, or figuring out what I'm dealing with. Um, We're going to talk about that on together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha, two weeks from yesterday. Great. So two waffles and spaghetti. Make it work. Men are like waffles. Women are work. like spaghetti because <laughs> that, you never read the book. No. Oh my gosh. It's so true. God wired women to have oh. everything connected. Everything is connected. Everything's connected. And men are, are we compartmentalize everything. Yep. All right. of our emotions, all of our activities. Yep. And and that's why what's amazing, you just stated a fact that I try to bring home with Martha and I bring home with every couple we mentor, but I try to remind men all the time is that I don't care if your wife doesn't know jack squat about what you do every day. If you've got a business problem, you need to ask your wife what right. she thinks about it. Right. Because God speaks to our wives in amazing ways, and they listen. And our wives care about us the way a mom cares about her cubs. They they want us to to be protected. They want us to to do well. And if if, if your wife feels you've been wronged, people better watch out. Your wife <laughs> she's gonna try to elbow you out of the way to come to your defense. Like no no, no I got this I got this. Uh, and, and that. Knowing that just helps me stand up a little straighter, knowing, hey, this woman cares enough about me. She'll jump in if she thought I need it. Uh, so that's spiritually. But the one thing, you know, we're at that age where our kids are leaving the house. Uh, it stinks, uh, doesn't it? Uh, our, our oldest is on his own a couple miles away, which is good. Our middle one reports to the Army. 
next month, mm-hmm. which is going to be a tough one to, to know. Yes, it is. He, he's going, and our youngest is still up in college. But there's a lot of laughter in our house, and and, and that is a great thing. Uh, and now that the boys are older and we interact with them, they're still our sons, but they're not our kids. Right. They're our adult children. So it's just a lot of fun to be interacting like that together. And, and she's queen of the house. She has three sons and me. She's <laughs> queen of the house. Unbelievable. We've got the privilege of having the president and CEO of the Greater Tampa Chamber of Commerce in the studio today. I got it right, Bob. You did. Very good. Bob Rorlock's with us. And we're just really talking about really the cool stuff. First of all, cool stuff that God was doing in Bob's life. We just talked about BSF for an entire segment. Listen, if you're looking for a great Bible study, that's one that I have known about for 25 years because I think Martha was involved. Oh, it's even longer than that, I suppose. We were newlyweds. We're almost married 30 years. Been around for a very long time. And when you get involved in BSF, it will transform your life even further in Christ because when you study the scriptures, nothing more than that can happen. That's right. So it's a really cool thing. So I love that. Thanks again, Ace, for the link, bsfinternational.org. All right. So, Bob, let's just take a break and let's just do a little, let's do an advertisement for Tampa Bay. Okay. I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff going on. I mean, five years ago, all of the people that could leave left. Right. <laughs> almost, almost all the good people, good people that could leave left. If they weren't upside down in a house, if they, I mean, people left. I mean, a lot of good people left Tampa Bay and went up north, wherever up north would be, because it was bleak. It was, it was rough. If Florida took it the hardest, one of the hardest, I shouldn't say the hardest, one of the hardest states hit when the recession hit. And a lot of people did leave, but there were a lot of people who said, we're, we're going to make it through this. Um, you know, the, the, the mayor took the philosophy of we're going to we're going to work to improve things. We're going to get the resources we need to get done. That's one of the reasons that we went after the Republican National Convention. Our visitor convention bureau led that charge and did that. That was a huge economic impact in an economic downturn. You know, that that was decided when things were really rough and came when things were just I think we're at the bottom, maybe starting to make some steps up. Maybe huge economic impact. After that, they brought in the uh, Indian film industries. Oscars event, bigger than Hollywood's Oscars event. Uh, And that was like four or five days of huge economic impact. Those things have long lasting impact and brought a lot of money uh, for commerce, for for people needing to hire people and business being done that normally would have been done. That that kind of, we're going to work through this. Uh, The growth at the university and what's going on. There's growth and expansion at the airport. Which university? USF you're talking about? Actually, both. University of South Florida and University of Tampa. uh, you know, I was gone for about 16 years last time I was here to my current tenure. I was shocked how much growth I saw at both universities. It's incredible what they're doing and continue to do. Uh, the latest at UT was the uh, Entrepreneurial Center they opened up, which is pretty impressive place. Is there any great Christ followers running that place? Um, there are, yes, at both places there are, are Christ You kind of connect me to those people because those sure. are people I want to I have on the air so they can talk about what cool stuff that are going yeah. on. I, I love... Christ followers that are deep entrenched into secular uni- secular worlds, so they can talk about the impact of Christ is using. I love that kind of stuff. You okay. got to connect me to those people. Okay, good. So, do you have any connect? Do you, do you have any idea? You know, can you talk road construction? Does that get you in trouble? <laughs> it does get you in trouble. Okay, we're moving on. <laughs> yeah. We're moving on. Yeah. Let's let's talk about the weather. Okay. The, the bottom line: there is a desperate need to be planning for what we have now for in our transportation as well as what we're going to do for the future. I'm just talking about, can't they finish a stinking project somewhere? But the problem is our community has as many different opinions on what should be done (laughs) as there are models of cars on the road. And that's where we have got to start saying, you know, 
okay, we all agree we're getting a Lexus. I'm not going to dig my heels in. It might, it's blue and you want red or a Volkswagen. You want green. I want yellow. Let's just, we got to do something. It's going to get really bad you if know, we don't. I don't live in the great you know county of Hillsborough. I, I live in Pinellas County where the roads are under construction perpetually. I interviewed somebody on the air last Christmas who had been in Pinellas County for 50 years. And Almerton, US-19, and um, 275, they said, have been under construction the entire time. I mean, there's always a project somewhere. Which, I, why can't they ever finish anything? It, it, in Minnesota, <laughs> you start a project like Elmerton. Do you ever have to drive down that horrible road? But, but wait, don't compare the population growth in Minnesota with the population <laughs> no, growth in Tampa no, Bay. but in Minnesota, it snows <laughs> 70 inches every year. So they have to get the projects done. Right, right. The highways there makes... I just... It's amazing. You drive to Minneapolis, if you drive, got to drive 45 miles, you know how long it takes? Oh. 45 minutes. You drive 45 miles here, you're like... If it's at rush hour, well, you might as well just, it takes it three hours. But you're kind of comparing apples and pretzels. I understand. There's four and a half million people in Tampa Bay, and there's only two million people in Minneapolis. We have the state in a four-county region. I understand. I understand. I'm just trying to, why can't they get a project done? That's all I want. I just want to get done. I know it's a touchy subject. They're doing a lot of it at night, which limits, of course, getting darker sooner. But still, that's not going to, when the roads are being used the least is when they can do the most work. How do we support them to get it done sooner? That's what we got to find a way. Because I, I, I don't think it's more money. I think it's, I don't know. It, it's a complicated issue. It's Transportation complicated. is a complicated yeah. issue. And there's really strong opinions on both sides. Very the strong. good news is every couple of months, 275 gets straighter. Yeah. <laughs> every couple of months. And, and it gets higher. That's, that's right. really cool. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it is what it is. And I know that I have no, except for I ride on the roads every day, 50 miles. <laughs> Talk to me about the really cool stuff, because God has really brought a huge blessing into Tampa between the billion-dollar project at the airport, which is a complete remodeling, which I thought it looked pretty nice already, but apparently it's going to be even better, and Jeff Vinnick's money, uh, along with Bill Gates' money, going into right. into the Channel Side area. That is a huge blessing to this area. How I mean, God really is shining on that area. For a long time— we as a community kind of say, okay, we have we have an airport that always ranks one of the top in the country. Top it's the of the easiest world. one to get in and out of the country. Out of, spoils us every day. That's good. And uh, then the community as well as the airport thought was, you know what? Yeah, things are good. We can get a lot better. And they started focusing on bringing in uh, direct nonstop international flights. Been very successful with that. They're not satisfied. They're going after more. Uh, and making it a facility that can handle the growth they are determined to bring in. That's what they're working on uh, and doing some innovative things with that. You know, the remote car rental facility, have a separate train for that. There'll be a West Shore uh, connection to the airport, what can go on. Truly thinking well be, well beyond what people say, okay, it'll be done in a little while. It's going to be take a while, be great, huge impact. So that is phenomenal. Then you look at something like uh, uh, what Jeff Vinnick has brought to town. Uh, besides the improvements he made just with, the arena and the team and the way the team performs and all that to look out and say, you know what? This can be a great area for living, for working, for shopping, for entertainment all together and doing it the right way. Uh, our chamber goes on a benchmarking trip every year to another domestic city, looking at how they're dealing with things we're dealing with or have dealt with things we've dealt with. Uh, and we were planning on where to go. I asked him, I said, where do you think we should go to see the vision you want to bring here? Where do you think we should go? And he was a very thoughtful man, very smart, really deep thinking guy. And he thought, well, you know, I'm currently studying 30 different cities. And that, he, that doesn't mean he has a team doing it. He himself is doing it. And he's reading about them. He's visiting them. And 
he's seeing elements he likes in them all, but he hasn't seen the, we want to replicate that city. I said, well, where can we see the most ideas? And so we talked about a couple different cities and what we would do, but the way he is approaching this, it's not a, I'm a developer, let's put something up, it'll be nice, I'll be like it. He wants something that will live beyond it's finished with construction to become organic in the community and part of this community continuing to succeed. Fortunately, Tampa realizes that's what he's bringing in here. It's not just a, a bunch of new buildings. And there's a lot of support, obviously a lot of focus on what's it going to be, how are we going, how's it growing, construction's already going on. So I think people are just going to be incredibly amazed as this thing comes along. It's an astonishing, I've just read little bits and pieces because I only read the paper on Sundays because who has time to read the paper the rest of the week? But you always get a feel for, it's an astounding project right and it's and, and it's there's the infrastructure that'll go around it and the the other businesses that will build around it to support it i mean there's a it will go on and on and build right. out for years he is not only making sure the project works and he's assembled an incredible team but he is proactively working with the economic development council uh, uh the tampa hillsborough economic development corporation get the name right to proactively approach companies and let them understand what is going on here and why they should be here to have that kind of participation is rare, and the sincerity is just incredible. Well, it's the kind of thing that's going to start attracting people and move back here for middle management jobs and right. things like that. Because that's, that's right, the middle managers are what all moved away. I mean, it was we're it, seeing it. It's, it's starting to happen. It's exciting. We're talking today with Bob Rorlock. He's the president and CEO of the Greater Tampa Chamber of Commerce. He's been there seven years. He's gotten to see the good, the bad, and the ugly. But they were in that. Not that order. They were ugly, and then they were bad, and then they've gotten good. I think things are good. You yeah. talk about the economy. They're not great yet. Well, <laughs> the, I mean, really yes. just, I mean, you look at even just membership in your chamber. You lost, how many members did you lose? Because people just, business just, just went out of business. Well, you know, my timing has often been interesting. I joined the chamber right as the economy was going It was going like cliff. this. So it was on its way down. Yeah, uh, like that. Uh, but we, we were able to restructure the organization. At the same time, I mentioned EDC, they were becoming independent. And we looked at That's how do, Economic Development economic Council. Development for those Council. How do we prepare ourselves for the future and how we're going to deal with this? And we took it very slow and conservative, and it worked. Uh, now we're a very strong organization. Um, we are, we've been accredited by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. Uh, they do uh, several levels. We're four-star, which is top 2% in the country. Uh, they give an award for chambers that support the military, uh, Chamber of Valor Award, I think it is. Uh, we've won it two years in a row. We're the only chamber in the country that's been a three-star. That's the highest ranking they do for that award. So things are working. We've worked hard to take this big chamber, over 1,200 members, and create chamber within the chamber, kind of like the church. It's small groups. It's a body, and then getting into small groups. And helping people be with like-minded businesses and help them target, I want to grow my business to be that level. So I'm going to structure and attend these events and come to those kind of things. Um, so it's how do we give them information to make them a better organization? You know, as a Christ follower, you're the president and CEO of the Greater Tampa Chamber of Commerce. How does your faith come into play in your job? Because it's not a pulpit, but you're out there serving the business community. So it really is a pulpit. How does your faith come into play? It, it comes in every day. Um, human beings are human beings personalities are personalities and they can play into things and how to deal with uh, different personalities that are approaching an issue from different ways. Uh, you know, sometimes in this fast paced world, people can get their feelings hurt or get offended unintentionally. How do we deal with that? 
sometimes there could be an issue we got to work out between different sets and how do we work that. How I approach and handle those things matter uh, in being done. Uh, and that's a big part of, talked about how uh, God has helped me through a period right now. That's kind of tough to deal with. Uh, and, I, and I have to face up to deal with some things. And I am. Um, but remembering how I deal with it and following what would be expected to do to, to own up. You know, I made a mistake. Should have done it that way. Do it this way. Want to move on. Uh, uh, and, and then show by my actions that my words are true. One of the greatest privileges you have as a very visible Christ-following leader in the Tampa Bay community is that if you do make a mistake and you own up to that mistake, it brings glory to God. Right. Because that's that's the greatest privilege we have. That's one of the differences we make in the community. You know, we have lots of examples of leadership in this country where they make mistakes and they just keep building around. They don't want to admit they did something right. wrong. Right. I mean, we could list a thousand people on the air today, but there'd be no point in that. <laughs> but we won't. But as Christ followers, if we mess up, owning up to our mistakes and then taking responsibility for it and apologizing for it, and not just apologizing, I mean, truly asking forgiveness, boy, it makes an impact on your workplace. Right. I mean, it's exactly. really, really, really cool. And, and it creates a teaching moment for the people I work with who they know I expect them to perform well and do well and how things happen. And it's happened before where someone who I work with will have made a mistake and I said, look, don't let it be a surprise to your direct reports or to me. Let us know what's happened. And if it's something, if you did A and we said, and we wanted it to be B, if we didn't explain thoroughly, it should have been B. I, we understand that you didn't know and you did A. So let's talk about it, work, but why we need it this way, not that way. And let's move on. Now, if there's repetition of you're still not doing it the way we said, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, that's, that's called a performance improvement plan. Exactly. But we are the greater Tampa Chamber of Commerce. We're not the greater perfect Chamber of Commerce. We work very hard to do what's right. And if, if somebody points out something they're unhappy about, to discuss it, learn from it, and help them make us better. Uh, and that is bringing people in that they realize all are welcome. It's not the big corporate chamber. It's not just the downtown chamber. We've got memberships throughout the area. Let's all work together and make this whole area a better place to live and work. So what do you feel your greatest privilege is? Being, being the president and CEO of the Greater Tampa Chamber of Commerce. Yeah, I'm giving you lots of free plugs today. I appreciate it. And how do they find you online? Oh, but it's tampachamber.com. 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 What's the greatest privilege you have every day? Um, or maybe it's not every day, but what's, what do you think your it, greatest privilege is? It is every day. You know, we talked uh, previously about uh, what the airport's doing and Jeff Finnick. My dad was a, a disabled, retired policeman. Uh, we lived up out, just outside Washington, D.C., uh, went out on uh, disability from being injured uh, in the line of duty, moved to Florida. He started uh, a fishing guide service uh, to support the family. Uh, proud of that business, supported our family, put me through college, my brother as well. Uh, we didn't have the connections to elected officials and business leaders and those kind of things. Working at the chamber, I get to be around people like a Jeff Finnick. Uh, like a Chuck Sykes at Sykes Enterprises, you know, like Mayor Buckhorn, like my chairman, Ron Cristaldi, and learn how they approach things. And when you look at uh, the different views they bring because of their background and their business focus, you learn that that's great. I want to use that. Oh, that that's good. I want to use that. And I said, okay, that works. That wouldn't work if we did it that way. And how they approach and handle issues helps make us like our country, that melting pot of different styles coming in together to 
to be in rooms and discuss issues that we're going to deal with, with those people and their knowledge base is just awesome thing to learn from. And I recognized that very early on in my career when I got to be the guy sitting along the wall, not at the table. I was 25 years old, just out of school and listened to these leaders of the community talk about how this is how we need to work on this issue to improve the community. Well, wow, I, I never would have thought that. That's brilliant. And just learn that process. And then along the ways I've worked in, um, uh, in government sometimes doing economic development to see how uh, elected officials process and deal and bring their leadership strength into it. it it's really fascinating to see. It, there is an element of good that comes from all those different aspects, public, private uh, sector, as well as the public slash private sector. And how that comes together makes us great. We need to continue to work to how to bring all that together. That's a piece of cake, though, right? Just bring it all together. Get everybody to work nicely together, public, private sector, piece of cake. As long as everybody's chair is equal, table's round, and everybody's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do they measure them, too? Like, yeah. my chair is... This, no, you know, I, 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 like, you I know, was kidding around. No, I, I, it's but amazing I, but how I know, people but work I, like, I've, I've seen United Nations things. They're like, they're measuring this, and he got a bigger pen than me. No, what's the deal? I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing stuff. You know, you've, we're called as Christ followers to build the kingdom. And a lot of people really get caught up in that means build the church. No, no, no. Christ didn't. You mentioned church three times in like the kingdom 90 times. Right. You've got a privilege of doing kingdom works each and every day because you're working with businesses who are creating jobs, who are feeding people, who are housing people. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're you're doing good things by encouraging economic growth within the community. I mean, and you're helping business owners connect this guy to this girl and this girl to this guy in business. I mean, they're, they're doing... You're doing good kingdom works. Do you, how do you do you think that way? Wow, this is really kingdom minded stuff. Even though we're not to mention Jesus, but it's still kingdom minded stuff. Yeah, and and I do have to to respect um, uh, the diverse yeah community that comes in to be part of the chamber and respect each individual for who they are as a person, knowing God loves them uh, for where they are, who they are at this moment. Why should my interaction with them be different? Right. Um, so that comes into it, and the the thought of are my actions showing that? And you know, I start off top of the show. I'm a sinner saved by grace, not always, and I tend to beat myself up more when not, and try to strive for more times I am, the more times I'm not. You know, I've got I, I love that. I appreciate that transparency. I've got a guy coming to my show next week. Can't remember which day it is. The guy's name is Trog Trogden. He's working in a small suburb outside of Dallas, dealing with the with the issue of urban deserts. And he and they're doing urban farming right in areas like just north of 275. Areas just like that where there's no grocery stores right there where people can't get they can't quick get quick access to grocery stores. They're eating fast foods because that's what they have available. Did you ever heard about anything like that? Urban farming? I've heard the concept, not that way, but trying to bring more of that into community. The guy's got this funky name, Trog Trogden. But he uh, he and his pastor felt called to this area, and they realized these people can't get access to good vegetables. And they actually created a small farm on, I think it was just started with two city blocks, and now it's grown to like twelve city blocks in this area, five less than five miles outside of downtown Dallas. And it's just, but it was helping the community. Bringing farming in because it gave it provided jobs and then it all of a sudden provided healthy food right. for people who can't That's get great. healthy food because there's no grocery stores. So I, I just was something I didn't know if you'd ever hear that. You got to look that one up. There, will. That's a free tip. I don't charge anything for those kinds of tips. That's a good thing. Uh, not that I would ever deserve to, to charge for anything. What kind? Give me an example as we close out this segment. Give me an example 
of somebody you've seen really make a difference for Christ in the business community. Something you've seen them do. Maybe it wasn't even out and out just witnessing, but something you've seen somebody step up and do, and you knew they were a Christ follower, and you saw this really incredible thing happen. Um, first person that comes to mind is a gentleman named Guy King with Emmy Wilson Insurance. Uh, and he won't hear this. He's out of town right now. But uh, he has an insurance company, very successful company. He's doing well in the community. Uh, he got involved as a leader in helping work on the homeless issue in our community when it was it was really being tough and helped organize and get uh, facilities in place. And not just the homeless, but helping to focus on the, the, the military segment of homelessness, the the uh, single parent aspect, the family aspect, and the, the single the person alone aspect. It's just really addressing, we've got to get people off the streets, starting to address each individual's issues that got them there so they don't go back and then help them in the direction to stay off the street. And not try to make it, look what I'm doing, just that needs to be done. I'm going to lead to help get that done. And he has been part of a great group working to get those things done. Uh, and He'll talk about, you know, we saw him working on this issue that this was a problem, and I see that's starting to happen over here. How how does that? How do we keep that from happening again? Uh, but just steady, low key guy getting it done. But Guy King really shows that. Hmm. That's cool. I mean, and I, the cool part is there are thousands of stories like that Absolutely. going on in Tampa Bay of people making a difference for the kingdom just by following the heart and the passion that God's given them. Right. And, and there's a lot of people in the business community have a lot of talents, and a lot of times we, you know, we get frustrated by our church because we want our church to do those things. No, no, no. Let's do them. We, we do them alongside of our church. Bob, you represent one of the largest chambers in Tampa Bay. Talk to me about who should be getting involved. Who should be joining the Greater Tampa Chamber of Commerce? Anybody and everybody. That's not true. It's we, not for everybody. <laughs> we work to create a chamber that is working on issues to improve our community. So if they want to get involved in doing that, like for example, we have a, uh, a program called Education Connection which is connecting college interns to jobs in the community. Businesses have told us we need interns. Absolutely. The universities are saying we need placements. Wait a minute, there's a problem here. Well, what happened? That used to be a university thing. They used to work with businesses, but with that, that's and, kind of, there's a disconnect there. And they're doing it, and we don't know why the disconnect happened because they're both saying we need, we need, we want, we want. I agree. We're I'm not a business community. We're not a clearinghouse to, to do those matchups, but we're helping them connect more. So working on that, that's something that – it's going to help our community because studies show where interns do their internship, they tend to stay for their career. So that's how we keep the best and brightest brains here in the market. And our goal is get that really in deep with our universities in the region, then reach out to the students who went to high school here but then left town to go to college to get them to come back. And then after that, we want to look at a program for kids graduating for high school that currently don't have plans, don't have jobs, to try to plug them in, which will either help them on a career path or encourage them to continue their education. But that that's a multi-year process to work all that in. I like it, though, because I can tell you, from the business community, we need access to good interns. We that's want right. access to the new, the latest, the brightest. And it's, I mean, I wouldn't know the first person to call it USF. Right. Okay? I wouldn't know the first person to call it UT. I had a connection at Clearwater Christian College. 
that didn't work so good anymore. But, the, the, but me, that was, but that's where I mean, I had interns last year from Clearwater Christian College. We we got to be done. I'm, I'm sorry. Okay. But thank you so much for being on the air today. Honored this to be was, here. Thank was, you for having me. This was so much fun. Hey, we come to the end of another I Work for Him show. I hope you learned some things about what's going on in your Tampa Bay from your Greater Tampa Chamber of Commerce. Thanks so much to Ace Andrews for his support today, keeping me on time. And really, just great show today. Fantastic. Thanks to our show sponsors. Find out more about them on our website, iworkforhim.com. Listen, you heard today from Bob Rorlock, the, the president and CEO of the Greater Tampa Chamber of Commerce, about how he is walking with the Lord in his business, which is very much in our secular part of our world. What are you doing to make an impact? I'll take the city for Jesus Christ. You know, we learned today that our faith can impact the workplace just by getting involved in the community. There's so many opportunities on how we can make an impact. You know, and, and Bob was sharing a story of a, of a local business person that saw a need and just said, hey, I'm going to try to take care of that need. Each one of us has a passion that the Lord has laid on our hearts, and that passion is can be fueled. And if the Lord lays that passion on our heart, if he calls you into that, he's going to equip you. And And... I got to tell you, as a member of the business community in Tampa Bay, you and I can make a huge impact in our world just by bringing our faith to the workplace and living it out. I'm not saying beating people over their head with the Bible. I'm just saying, let's just be Jesus to people. Let's serve people. Let's pray for people by name each and every day. Let's befriend them so we've got an opportunity to share the hope that we have in Christ. Our world lives without hope, but we know the answer. It's Jesus. You're listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower and I own my own business, but ultimately, ultimately, I work for him. <laughs>